Well, kia ora, everyone, and welcome along to this short little episode. I often listen back to interviews after they've been released, and yesterday I was driving into work and listening to the one with Richard Black, and there was this bit in it where I asked him about children and how we can help them grow up and thrive in our world. And so I just thought it was so good, I had to pull it out and make it a short little extract so it would be really accessible and easily shareable with other people that I thought would benefit from his insights. And obviously, this is just a short excerpt of our much longer conversation, so I encourage you to have a listen to that full interview as well. I hope you enjoy it. It's helpful, I think, to think in these ways, and I, I, I imagine also pictures are helpful, because I interviewed Dr. John Vargo. He's centered in on organizational resilience, mm, mm. and he works with resilient organizations. And basically, the picture he gave during our interview was the idea of somebody is in the ocean and waves are crashing and it looks like they're struggling, and that's one picture. And then somebody's in the ocean, waves are crashing, and they've got a surfboard, mm. and they are harnessing the difficulty, the pain, the, you know, the, the wave is coming, it's about to hit me, and they're gliding and riding it into the shore. Mm. And I think that type of imagery is yeah, quite helpful as good. well if you very think good. about resilience, for example. So. Mm. What you're talking about with the surfboard is also the ability to not allow the external factors to dictate how you will be, but to harness the external factors and the, the pressure, the difficulty of those external factors so that they actually serve you rather than work against you. So many of us listening, and I'm including myself here, are parents with young children <laughs> who are growing up in our current culture, our environment. I'm just thinking through for them, how do we equip them so that they can be the surfers riding the waves mm. rather than struggling with whatever it is that they're facing? Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious for your thoughts on that because whether there are our children or nephews or nieces or people that we know, you know, I think those of us who are um, older have a responsibility in some ways to help guide the next generation. Do you have any thoughts to share about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a number of things we could look at. One key thing is is to help our children to make sense of the world that they see. So if they are seeing the wind and the waves, are they seeing something that enables them to surf or are they seeing something that is threatening? And what I often find is that what's true for all of us is the way I put it is that we're, we're born into this world with six deep needs, you know, a need for significance, a need for innocence, a need for agency and progress and security and belonging. And we look out into the external world to, to answer the question such as, am I significant? Am I innocent or under shame? Am I, do I have any agency or power or ability to influence and so on in this world? And, and it's our, our conclusions to that, that either leave me with a sense of stability inside, security inside, or it leaves me with in a place of insecurity or a lack of confidence. And so it's helping our children to be able to interpret what they encounter, that there are things that they can do in this world that is their work. You know, they produce a, a good assignment. They paint a lovely picture. Mm. And to know that their their work, so to speak, and their worth are two separate things. Mm. So that they are significant, valuable, and worthy regardless of whatever they're able to produce. That there are times when they will be at fault and they will make mistakes, but who they are as a person isn't faulty. Mm. 
that there are things that may frustrate them or limit them. But just because there's a problem, it doesn't mean they're powerless. Mm. There may be ways of thinking, how can we get through this? So it's it's working with our children to discover in many ways, what are they concluding about the difficulties and the adversities that they're facing and helping them to experience it and, and feel their emotions with it, but not formulate an unhelpful conclusion from it. Mm that gives them the, the wrong sense of themselves or the world or others. So I think as parents, if, if, we're, if we're discovering for our, with our children as to what they found to be a high or a low, if we're discovering with our children what they found to be um, a, an adverse experience, if we're working with our children to help them to see it well. I recently wrote a children's book called There's a Happy Moon in My Side, which also has some some techniques for parents and caregivers. But one of the key patterns in the book that I also encourage parents to use is, is empathy, perspective, action. Hear your child on whatever they're going through and give them empathy and affirmation for them. Then help them to encounter a reassuring perspective, a better perspective and then find an action that's going to be constructive and beneficial to them. Mm. And so if we can put that into practice as we're talking with our children, listening with our, our children and discovering what they're, what they're taking from any given situation and use empathy, perspective and action, it can help to, to strengthen the child in their own understanding. Mm. I found it helpful recently because my, my children have been coming home and they've been talking about concepts like gross mindset versus fixed mindset, which certainly I think we're of similar age. That was definitely not a part of my education. And this sort of fundamentally uh, sound idea that you're on a growing curve, you know, absolutely, I can't do it yet, you know, and adding that yet at the end means that it just changes your whole framing of whether it's a mass problem or an essay or a or can't surf, or whatever it is, that it's a different approach. Mm. And I think that's been something that I've, as a parent, it's been easier for me to echo back to them, you know, like, well, don't give up, you know, you, mm. you can't do it yet, but mm. remember gross mindset. That's been quite helpful, I think. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that we did with our children, and I'd also recommend to others, is when they encounter something that seems like a problem that they feel powerless over, mm. language of I haven't done this yet or I can't master it yet can be very helpful. The, the other thing can be showing them how do they take steps to master it when the steps they've taken so far haven't worked or aren't working yet. Mm -hmm. And so I would talk with children about building and strengthening their perseverance muscle. So building different muscle groups. And the other thing is is helping the child to break things down into much smaller steps. Sometimes I'll say to people, you need to break that down into a ridiculously small step so that it's far more easy to, to conquer, to, to master, to the one little steps at a time. Because if you try to master the, the big steps, all you'll do is get frustrated. Mm. So certainly the language can be helpful and bringing alongside it some some tools to help them to to navigate that mm. and i think as well i've learned recently rather than praising the results for example mm. you got a, a good mark 18 out of 20 for this essay 
um, rather than praising that, praising the effort that went into the project yeah. or whatever yeah. it is, because ultimately what you want them to learn is hard work, perseverance, you know, mm -hmm. effort, that that's what's valued rather than you got 18 out of 20, which frankly we're going to forget about. Mm -hmm. But in the long term in your life, the hard work and the resilience and the effort that you put in, that's what you're learning for later on. Absolutely. And alongside that, that that you are valuable to us and that you are worthy and mm. that you are special, whether you got 18 out of 20 or you got 2 out of 20. Yeah. That, that what you've achieved, we can say, wow, look at that achievement. That's great. But we've always loved you. You're mm. always great. And so that is the child receiving uh, praise and affirmation for who they are when nothing else is really being done. Mm. One of the things that I find is that for all of us, and, and certainly when we start out with children, is we look for what will get us um, a sense of significance, value, worth, or whatever. And whatever, whatever seems to get the big people, the adults, their parents' attention, we'll keep doing that. So if mum is so pleased with me because I've always tidied my room and that's the only time she notices me, if dad is excited and buys me an ice cream because I've just got um, 18 out of 20 <laughs> and that's the only time dad really shows interest, children learn very quickly what gets them their food source, their food source of significance and well-being or value. And so they get programmed to keep going back to that. So of course later in life, if they're not getting the the achievements, the rewards, the accolades, then they feel like they're nothing. They mm. feel like they're only as good as their next um, achievement. Right. Rather than realizing, no, you carry your sense of value and worth inside of you, regardless of what happens, that this is all about what you do. It's never been about who you are. So what we're really talking about is the more fundamental point than the things that we've been mentioning you've got to get that foundation right, which yeah. is you are valuable as mm. you are. Yeah. And then the other things that happen, like we'll talk about it, but fundamentally you're accepted and loved mm. as a foundation. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And as parents, one of the questions we can ask ourselves is uh, what, what gets our attention for the child? Right. Is it when the child is having a wobbly and, um, and losing it? Is it when a child is in trouble? Is it when a child has produced great results? As far as our children are concerned, what gets our attention? Because mm. it's our attention that also communicates value. And if that only happens periodically or around certain things, then the child can become conditioned to believe that's what I need in order to be special, significant love. Mm. No, that's really good. Well, I think the parents listening will have gleaned some information there. And what we can do is we'll put links in the show notes so we can link sure. over to your book and different resources there. Can I ask it taking us in a different direction now? Sure. But when you get a client coming in and, you know, you're about to have the first counseling session, mm 